Before we get started, just a quick reminder that our producer, Monday Abu's poetry collection called Piri, is now out for sale. Check it out in the link in the description. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode, the Daily Wisdom Words podcast, where every week we talk to folks who have stories, advice, and life hacks, all of which take you one step closer to that feeling of hope. I'm your host, Neil Trevetti, and today I'm so proud to be joined by Jenna Weave. She has been helping women, and everyone actually, not just women, people all around the world be more self-confident and redefine beauty. It all begins from inside and what you radiate, and I'm so proud to have her on, and she's also just, for people on social media, she's known as the Bearded Lady. So welcome to our show. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Uh, I am so thankful to be able to uh, share this platform with you. So thank you. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, when, when I was doing my research, and we're always on this goal, who do we invite? Who do we invite? And our goal is always to bring hope and awareness, right, to anybody struggling with any kind of mental health issues whether you know it's something more common like depression or anxiety or it's something that leaves you looking a little different what part of society may not consider normal or beautiful but it really is so that's why so when i saw your story and some of your interviews i was like okay you embody that everything that we try to do to this podcast. So we just got to have you on. So we'll get a little bit into your uh, background, but before we do that, can you define for uh, our audience who may not be familiar, what exactly PCOS is? Yeah. So PCOS um, is, is polycystic ovary syndrome. Uh, and it is basically an endo endocrine disorder that affects the bodies of people who have ovaries. Uh, and it affects things like um, mental health, fertility, um, hormones, you know, um, it, really so many things. PCOS is so varied and it really, um, yeah, there's, it can be very different per person. Right. And is like uh, facial hair on women, is that one of the more common symptoms of it? I know there's a lot more than that from the inside, but is that one of like how people on the outside looking in might recognize it on somebody? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the um, One of the biggest or most common things that comes along with polycystic ovarian syndrome is uh, hirsutism, which is uh, actually the facial hair, it's excessive growth of hair in typically male patterned areas of the, of the body. Uh, so you yeah. might see facial hair, um, you might have body hair that's darker, more coarse, uh, those kind of things. Yeah. So with that in mind, uh, let's get a little bit into your background. Uh, when did you first uh, notice like that? Okay, something's wrong here. Something different is happening. And obviously, it is the facial hair. But when when did that first start happening? And and when it did, were you aware of PCOS back then? Uh, so I first started noticing um, when I was about fifteen, I guess. Um, I noticed uh, hair kind of growing um, 
my sideburns, like kind of like a little bit down the side of my face. And I noticed, you know, that my girlfriends didn't have that happening and uh, they had all had their cycles already and I had not. And so at that point I was um, incredibly confused and uh, nervous and no, I had no idea. I had never heard of PCOS before, before, excuse me. Um, It was actually, it wasn't until I was about 18 or or maybe even 20 that I actually got diagnosed um, with PCOS from a doctor. Uh, But even then it was uh, someone, my cousin had gone to, to see a doctor, a specialist in a faraway town and uh, had come back and said, you know, I think that you might experience this also. Uh, You might want to get checked out. And um, yeah, then I did. And then I had a, an answer, but for a long time, a long amount of time there. Um, I, I was pretty confused. I didn't have any answers. Yeah. Yeah. What was like your, the, the initial reactions was like, Oh my God, I, I got to get rid of this. Did you try like methods, shaving, maybe vaccine? What was like that first impulsive reaction? Because I know, and we all have them, whether it's men, women, anytime we notice that something that makes us stand out, especially at such a vulnerable age, right? We all go into defense mode and say, okay, I have, so did that happen to you? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I would say that like the bullying or the teasing started like almost immediately. Uh, so for me, it was a matter of like, how do, how can I get rid of this quickly uh, and consistently to, um, you know, I really, I thought like, I didn't know what was going on. So at that point I, I was just trying to hide it as much as I could. So the removing of it, you know, I tried many different forms of hair removal. I, I know that there's a story about you in the, the parking lot and all that, that was kind of an epiphany moment for you. And we'll get to that. But like in those, like going through that stage, do you remember when like the stages of confidence started? Like, okay, I have PCOS. This is my reality. I grow facial hair. When did it, when did that start? I guess just accepting the truth yourself before you could confidently say it to everybody else you know i uh, i'll say that (laughs) infertility is a major focus of pcos so initially when i first learned that i have pcos you know the doctors say to you you are likely to experience um, a really difficult time conceiving children and then they tell you other things that for me was first and foremost in my mind because i always wanted to uh, conceive a child and um, so that kind of took over for me for many years and i just kind of um yeah i just kind of maintained the removal of of the hair um but it was actually it was kind of after college i guess and a little bit um when my eyes were opening to the ways that we uh, as humans are um, conditioned and trained to think things about ourselves and our bodies. It was really that. It was when my eyes were open to the ways that we are conditioned as a society. That had the biggest impact on me and my own journey um, of realizing that like the the want to remove it and feeling like I had to remove it um, was actually just my conditioning and not coming from me internally, how I feel about people. You know, I think all people have hair, women, men, everyone in between, we all have hair. So it seemed like 
to me, I mean, it's a pretty clear journey to learn to accept that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like that falls into, right. We saw that was of so many, I know once I started like researching PCOS, uh, I know that it's certain religious traditions like Sikh people and all that for women with Sikh women who have PCOS. I know that becomes a conflict because they're not religiously, they're not supposed to cut their hair. So it's like they wonder if they start having facial hair, should we cut it? So, yeah. And but but you're right. It's such a natural part of the body. And, and it's, you know, for all across across all genders, right? So it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just that perception of what society puts on us, right? Day and night. Yeah. And it really was, you mentioned there, like the the research, and that was a huge part um, for me of, it was like taking, advocating for myself and learning about my own PCOS because, um, you know, the doctors can't kind of be expected to have like all of the most current and up-to-date information on, on all the things. So, um, I found that the more research I did and the more that I learned about it myself, the easier it was to handle and maintain and work through. I I think that's a good, you bring up a very good point. You mentioned like that doctors may not have all the answers. They may tell you the gist of, okay, this is what it is. And this is. Why do you, is it, is that they're doing because it's not like as a common thing, like, oh, you have cancer or you have skin disease, or, or is that just because of general, just lack of awareness overall across the spectrum? Why do you think that is? Mm. That's such a good question. I actually think that it's, um, you know, a lot of things, I would say um, that first and foremost, uh, I don't think that uh, women's healthcare has been prioritized in the research, you know, uh, for years, like that's never been the case. Um, So PCOS actually affects one in 10 women of childbearing age worldwide. That is a lot of women. So you can't tell me it's not common. Like that's common enough for people to have some information. Um, I really think it's just a matter of women's health not being prioritized and women being too ashamed and embarrassed to go into their doctors and say, you know, this is happening Uh, to me. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's strange when I, uh, I was telling our producer who also our editor who edits the episode, I was telling him about you, uh, like, Oh, here's our next guest and here's who we'll be taping. And so I told him about you and and even he he's he's from Nigeria. He didn't know the meaning of it, but when he saw your pictures on Instagram and all that, he said, "Oh wait, I've seen women in Nigeria with the same condition, but I didn't know what it was called or what it was all about." So I yeah, I agree that's a very good point of it's more common than people think, but it's probably just a combination of people hiding it because of possible shaming, possible and you know, today with social media, it just it, I I think let's get into that. Do you think that platforms like social media today it's kind of half and half right on one hand it's great because they give people like you a platform to speak up and help other women in similar conditions that's how we got to know about you and wanted you on here on the other hand it is also they say the bad side right where it's body shaming with one little thing because people are more interested in putting on 50 filters to create a reality that's not really true so is social media does it help in this kind of matter 
to help you bring awareness of things or the bad side, which one is more dominating according to you? So um, <laughs> that's a good question, loaded. <laughs> I will say that I am grateful to social media for my journey because um, it has expanded my reach. I would never be able to reach, you know, the clients that I have, the the women who come who are come and joining my community. You know, I without the social media aspect and without like the internet and being just so wide open to and available to everybody, I would not have the same Im impact that I am able to have. And so I'm really yeah. grateful for that aspect. I do hear what you're saying though. And I find that a lot of the women that come to me, like they are, you're right. They look at that social media and they make comparisons. And I'll say yeah. that I think that it really comes down to a choice of, are you using your social media in a way that is helpful to you and your mental health or not? It depends who you're following, whose photos you're liking, all of those things. If you make an intentional choice to use it in a way that can uh, empower you and, you know, help you heal things about yourself that you want to heal, then it is a beautiful and excellent resource. I'll also say that in the very beginning, when I first, you know, kind of came out on social media and shared my beard, um, I posted, you know, about it in a couple of the groups that I was in. And uh, in those very early days, uh, the support that I received from strangers from those groups was unbelievable. I wasn't expecting it. And I think it's almost like one of the best things to come out of kind of sharing online because that, that support, like you find it when you need it and when you find the right places that offer it. Definitely. So yeah, let's transition into that. I, I mentioned earlier that I know there's a moment in that uh, was a supermarket or grocery store parking lot that was like an epiphany moment for you when you decided to sort of be yourself or come home to yourself, as we like to say on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So yeah, tell us about that. How did that happen and what made you say, this is me, I'm going to accept it and show it to the world. This is the real me. Yeah, it was... Um... I was waiting in the in the vehicle and I saw one of my favorite aunts come out of the the grocery store and I had about I hadn't been like vocal about my uh, her pseudism yet or my PCOS really uh, to anyone in my family so um, my aunt saw me sitting in the vehicle and when she approached the window I kind of rolled down the window and I said just so you know I have my beard on uh, which you know she obviously wasn't expecting and um, and so she came to the window and she uh, looked at me and then she said to my uncle who was with her, um, I call him Steve uh, to protect him. <laughs> she said, Steve, you know, uh, you don't need to come over here. Don't come over here. You don't need to see this. And in wow. that moment, it was like, it, it was kind of a, it was a moment, I'll say. And yeah. I want to be very clear that I love my aunt and she is still one of my favorites. And the thing that I noticed in that moment uh, was actually the amount of shame that women have of like hiding the things that we have been like trained right. and conditioned to hide because that was her first go-to, like hide it, which yeah. is same. This started growing. What was my first go-to? Hide it, you know? Um, 
it, and in that moment, I was like, okay, I have a choice here and I have a choice uh, for my life of whether I am going to stay in that space of hiding it and kind of not being myself. Like I wasn't, I wasn't me when I was hiding it because I wasn't able to be. Uh, so my choice was really then, um, do I continue to hide it or do I accept it and use it in a way that is good and I chose to use it, obviously. Um, but but also, there was, there's more to the story because I n- always knew that at some point I would grow out my facial hair. Since the moment it started, I was like, there is no way I can keep up with the removal of this hair for my entire life. <laughs> no way. Okay. So I knew yeah. eventually I had to get there and I wanted to get there. And I feel like I was given small gifts, I'm going to say, like that interaction with my aunt um, really did propel me forward to, to, you know, ask myself, do I want to accept myself? Am I ready to do that? What is the biggest misconception, do you think, about PCOS? That you can't have kids. That is completely Uh, untrue. Uh, It may be harder. However, you absolutely can. And when doctors say that to you, initially, like when you're, you get a diagnosis and they say that it's like, it hits you and then it sticks, you know, and then it's kind of yeah. like that negative thing in your mind that, you know, if you're trying to, to conceive, then it's like every month it's, it's in your mind. When somebody says it to you, it's in there. It's like, you're not going to have kids. You can't do this. You can't do this. Uh, and yeah. I definitely want to tell you as someone who did it naturally myself, that it is a hundred percent possible with changes. It's all about how committed and how, you know, how much are you willing to do for yourself to make it happen? We're taught to love other people, but I don't think that we're taught culturally to like love ourselves and give ourselves that. Does that happen more with women that from, because we have that stereotypical, oh, the, the old nature of was like to teach the woman to serve the society and be there for them, right? Rather than the man who, oh, no, no, the man goes out and wins the bread and all that. Do you think that happens still today, even in the 21st, in females more is, oh, from a very young age, look out for others before you, you know, that, that instinct of care for others, love others before you love yourself. 100%. Yeah. I spend a lot of my time watching things, um, you know, with my son and I'm going to always bring it back to like the, the cartoons, the books we read, you know, what, what those foundations are that we're starting our lives on. And um, in, in the books, like it's, when you look at the pictures, it's a lot of the time, the moms who are caring for the kids, like it's, you see, you see the mom's doing those kind of things. And so when so when society places so much of a value on, you know, you caring for others, and I say moms because that's typically the the root, um, but moms, partners, your, you know, parents, um, friends, like everyone, w- women are nurturers and we have that naturally. But I think that the, that it's like our, how we care for other people has become the value that we're kind of like, measured against how we care for other people and how we look as women. Um, So those two things right there make it difficult to prioritize yourself and uh, see yourself as anything other than your physical body. I think more than, more than men for sure. Yeah. For sure. 
Yeah. Did you, I mean, when you were starting on this journey, was that ever a struggle for you, like prioritizing you time versus your family and things like that? Did it ever become, okay, I have to sit down and think about how am I going to do this? Or did you just go out there and say, no, I know how to do it. I can still create a balance. I can still serve myself and my family. So was that a struggle or did it happen more organically? I think that that is um, an all the time balancing struggle, you know, to, I think that we, we need different um, amounts of self care and different things week to week and, and day to day. So uh, I kind of revisit that a lot. Uh, I have a three and a half year old who I am with all day, every day, and I am an entrepreneur with a business and clients and I, um, yeah, I have to constantly check in with myself and be like, am I prioritizing myself um, and my yeah, needs? Where can people find you? Uh, so they can find me uh, on Instagram at Bearded Lady G, uh, my Facebook at Bearded Lady G also, uh, or my name. Uh, and I have a Facebook group for any of the women uh, with PCOS or hirsutism or that are on a body hair acceptance journey. Uh, and so in that group, which is called Radical Self-Love Community, uh, you can find me there. All right, and as I guess for parting words, we'll, uh, we'll, I guess I'll ask you like, what message would you give to not only women with PCOS, but anybody out there who's struggling? I know we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but just final message or final words that for anybody out there struggling with any kind of body issues or low self-confidence or self-esteem issues, what, what would you say to them in general? I would say you are not alone. There are people exactly like you. Even if you think you don't fit in, you fit in somewhere. You just have to find where. And prioritize your mental health because it's not about all of the other people in the world. Your journey is about your one journey. So how are you gonna spend that journey prioritizing other people's mental health and their opinions or yours? Wonderful message. And I think that is, yeah, wonderful message to end on because it does fill women with hope and uh yeah and thank you for doing everything that you do with your services your social media and i hope it continues to grow thank you so much uh, i appreciate this um a lot and i i hope that your community has some of my community in it too thanks